0: Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI & You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Presse, and Cora Media. In AI & You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives, from social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to A.I.N.U. You wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. We work with independent journalists to cover stories on the ground. In today's episode, we'll take you behind the scenes of Europe Talks Back. Our producer, Maria Diaz, will take it from here.
1: That's right. Today we have invited Sarah Tiketh. She is the scriptwriter of the episode on institutional racism in the Netherlands, which goes by the title What Color is Dutch Lifelines Twisted by Bias. Sarah Tiketh is a German freelance journalist and podcaster. Since 2014, Sarah has been based in Amsterdam where she covers women's rights and social issues. Sarah, welcome to the Behind the Scenes of Europe Talks Back. Thank you so much. So the Netherlands is our second stop for this journey across Europe. But before talking about the work we have done together for the episode on racial profiling, could you tell us a little bit about you?
0: Of course, yes. My name is Sarah. I am a freelance journalist, podcaster and foreign correspondent. I live in the Netherlands since 2014 and I work for several German and international media.
1: Great. Thanks for that overview. If I may add, you have collaborated with uh, international media outlets covering your own country, such as Euronews, and you are specialized in women's rights and feminism. Actually, these are the main topics you talk about in Amsterdam's an independent podcast you produce. So, Sarah, I am curious how women's rights are in the Netherlands. So... I think from an overall perspective
0: or a global perspective even, they are good. They are solid. Also when it comes to queer rights. So women, for example, have the right to abort in the Netherlands for quite a while already. But that does not mean that our fight is completed yet. So there are still a lot of issues around sexual harassment on the street, catcalling, sexual violence, domestic violence. So... I feel like in the past years, women in the Netherlands have taken to the street again, which is good to protest and to demand their rights. When I moved here in 2014, it was not like that. So in my first years here, there was no Women's March, for example. And now there is. And I'm very, very happy to see that.
1: Great, thank you. And let's talk about the strong women behind our previous episode, Marisela. Now, if some of our listeners haven't checked that episode yet, how could you convince them to do it? Let's try an elevator pitch.
0: So if you think of the Netherlands, I am quite sure you have the idea that it is a very liberal country because the Netherlands are very, very good in presenting themselves that way internationally. But let me tell you, this is not the life reality of most people. It is a liberal country if you are a straight, straight white male person. If you're not that, then things can look differently. There is police brutality, there is discrimination of people of colour. There is the objectifying of women of colour. And there has been a huge scandal. The news broke early 2021 about the Dutch tax authorities using racial profiling to target mostly migrants. And Marisela, my protagonist in the episode, is one of them.
1: Right. Could you perhaps explain a little bit what is racial profiling?
0: Racial profiling or ethnic profiling means that institutions or authorities or a government or any kind of structure looks at people by certain factors. So that can be in daily life with the police checking a black man in an expensive car more often than a white man in a fancy car. It could be that people of color are less likely to succeed in finding an apartment or buying a house. And it also goes that far that with applications, for example, for a job, if the CV and the qualifications are exactly the same, the person with a name from the Middle East with an Arab name is less likely to be invited for a job interview compared to a person with a Dutch name.
1: Right. So in our previous episode, we can listen to the story of Maricela to discover how institutionalized racism shapes a life. We talked about racial profiling, hate speech, and many other situations people experiences from their childhood in the Netherlands. And Marisela's story also shows how raising her voice and becoming an activist made her lose a job. Unfortunately, Marisela's story is not unique. Are there any figures on how many people have been the target of racial discrimination coming from public administration in your country? I
0: think that is unfortunately impossible to answer because it takes a lot of courage to speak up and when it comes to racial profiling or ethnic profiling of children or teenagers for example, the families are often too afraid to speak up. So the Netherlands uses a tool to prevent crime by targeting mostly young boys from a migrant background and the mothers, again, are too afraid to speak about that in public because they are horrified what the consequences could be from the tax authorities or the government of the Netherlands. And the people that are brave enough to speak up, you will hear that in the episode as well. When they protest against racism in the country, against discrimination, there is often a massive crackdown on these people. And I'm not only talking verbally, I'm also talking... Physically. And I very much understand that at some point these people might just be too afraid for their own safety or the safety of their family and they give up the fight.
1: Thank you for that grim picture. I I guess we can describe it as that. So, why do you believe it is important to tell Marisela's story to the rest of Europe and to the rest of the world?
0: Because I think I am in the comfortable position that I can do that. I am white. I do not face the same aggressions as people of color or black people in the Netherlands. And by seeing my privilege in this, I want to be the person that shares Marisela's story because the world actually needs to know what is happening. Because obviously the Netherlands, like any other government, has zero interest that these kind of things go public. But we really, really need to talk about that.
1: Thank you for that. And looking at the future, Marisela's story hasn't finished yet. How the future looks for her? I think Marisela still has a
0: lot of fights ahead of her because she is an activist when it comes to racism, but also against the glorification of colonial history in the Netherlands. We still have a lot of buildings or statues that glorify the colonial past for example in Indonesia where the Netherlands committed a genocide and I think until these statues are removed and people are properly educated about what happened in the past and people learn about institutionalized racism and racial ethnic profiling in the Netherlands she will keep going I'm, I'm pretty sure she
1: will Well, let's end on that optimistic note. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thank you. As our chat with Sarah comes to a close, we now shift our focus to the latest developments surrounding racism in Europe. Still, on racial algorithms, the European Union has taken a significant step towards regulating artificial intelligence, On the 14th of June, the European Parliament passed a draft law known as the AI Act. This regulation aims to regulate harmful uses of artificial intelligence. For instance, the text paves the way for a ban on police use of live facial recognition. Amnesty International research shows that invasive facial recognition technology amplifies racist and discriminatory law enforcement against racialized people. Despite the landmark, how effective any regulation of AI can be is unclear, as the technology's new abilities arise faster than lawmakers are able to address them. For now, The AI Act will go under negotiation between the members of the European Parliament and representatives of the member states. Speaking about EU countries, racist crimes are on the rise in France. A new report published by the Ministerial Statistical Department for Internal Security shows that crimes based on ethnicity, nation, race or religion increased by 5% in France. The figures included in the 2022 report highlight that the French police recorded 12,600 crimes of racist, xenophobic or anti-religious nature in 2021. The data is very much in line with the previous year's figures indicating a worrying trend. And one last piece of information before we say goodbye. In Spain, Real Madrid football player Vinicius Jr. was once again the victim of racial abuse. He was playing a match at Valencia's Mestalla Stadium when he was the target of hate speech. Fans of Valencia Football Club addressed monkey chants at him. Spanish police have arrested seven people in connection with the case. The incident triggered a broad debate in Spanish society about racism in sports. According to Reuters, Vinicius Jr. will lead a special FIFA anti-racism committee. We have reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This show is part of the Esfera Network project and is available on Europe Heart. Our sound design and mixing are by Jeremy Bouquet. My name is Maria Dios. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we will go on a journey to France to close the age gap in the fight against climate change. Bye.